Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. Well, at some point in life, we have all witnessed the three-year-old that is so tired they can hardly keep their eyes open. They are clearly physically and emotionally exhausted. They are in need of a nap, but they are fighting against the suggestion of a nap with every fiber of their being. When our kids were little, I used to, I would promise them, I promise you, there's coming a day when you will actually want to take a nap. Can I get a witness for some naps here today? Like Jesus took a nap, so I know it's a godly thing as well. But it never did any good. When I told my kids that they didn't listen, they would respond like a typical three-year-old. But Dada, I'm not tired, Dada. I'm not tired. Ever seen this showdown before? Some of y'all saw it in your own house. This week you've seen that showdown. Well, just like a three-year-old fights the suggestion of, of a nap, I think many of us, in a similar way, fight the suggestion of a Sabbath. And one of the reasons we kind of fight against the idea of a Sabbath is because we don't know what the Sabbath really is, which we talked about last week, but also I don't think we fully understand why we Sabbath, and so we struggle to do it. And that's what I want to talk about today, the why behind the Sabbath, as we continue the series we're in called Sabbath, More Than a Jewish Practice. If you're here today, you don't know who I am. My name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. And and if you happen to fall asleep during my sermon, I'm going to choose to believe you need the rest, not that my sermon is boring. We're just going to go with that, all right? And no matter how you're joining us, whether you're here in person or if you're joining us on video or online, thank you so much for being here. To our online family, you guys are a part of our home, Uh, whether you're engaging in person or not. I would just uh, encourage you, keep on engaging this way online for as long as you have to, and then when you are able and ready to attend in person, we want to invite you back. Uh, There's something special about being connected to God's people in a setting like this. Here at Element, we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, make a lasting impact. One of the biggest ways we choose to make an impact, and a way you can partner with us as well, is through our year-end offering coming up on Sunday, December 13th, where Everything given goes to fund the iHeart Wyoming initiative. Uh, on your seats when you came in are some information and save the date cards. Has all the information you need for the offering to make a pledge, to pray for Wyoming. They're also available on our Facebook page online as well for a digital uh, copy of that. iHeart Wyoming is our effort to elevate, expand, and reinforce the credibility of God's church all across our state by resourcing financially other churches, partnering with them to make a a lasting impact, tangible difference through outreach in their their communities. One of the churches we partnered with this year, as well as some previous years, is an amazing ministry. They serve uh, on the Wind River Native American Reservation called Foundations for Nations Church. They're led by pastors Sarah and Jason Lucas. And not only have they been able to triple the amount of people they're feeding through their food pantry because of iHeart Wyoming, but this last summer they were able to do some really cool housing projects for people 
people in need there on the reservation. They sent us a video kind of updating what's been going on there. We can't show you the whole thing for sake of time, but here's just a, a short video of one of the houses they were able to help for someone there on the reservation. Check out this video. Jason Sarah Lucas on the Wind River Reservations with Hello. Foundations for Nations Ministries. We are here on site at a property that you guys helped fund this year. Um, we are here on um, a little village called uh, Great Plains Village here on the reservation and every summer we do housing projects and so we got to do three projects this summer because of your faithful giving into the I Heart Wyoming and as you can see this house is pretty colorful we we call it like a beach house in the middle of a, a desert kind of place and she picked this color and I asked her um, why she wanted this color and she said it reminded her of paradise what heaven would be like and that she wanted to be a light in, in this neighborhood so that's what happens when you give to iHeart Wyoming. And here's what I'm asking from all of us right now. Just pray. Pray, God, what do you want to give through me? What do you want to give through me, God? And then whatever God directs you to give or pledge for uh, the coming year, be faithful uh, uh, to give that. Um, and, and remember this, no one person can give everything. But we can all give something. And if we all give something, we'll end up accomplishing everything. And my, it's my prayer that everybody who calls Element Church home would give something on December 13th or pledge something that day. And that's coming up in, in December uh, on the 13th. If you missed last week's sermon, I'd really encourage you to go watch it online or listen to it. Uh, more than most series we do, engaging with this one every single week is gonna really help us fully understand what we're talking about. Because I believe there's actually a lot of confusion and misunderstanding when it comes to the Sabbath, especially among those of us who are Christians. And listen, I know that everybody engaging today uh, calls themselves a Christian, not a follower of Jesus. And if that's you, I'm so, so honored that you would trust us with some of your time. And I hope you know the Sabbath is a benefit for everyone, not just those who believe in Jesus. I, I said it last week, there are, there's dozens of secular resources that talk about the physical, emotional benefit of, of the weekly practice of stopping for 24 hours to to rest. They, they call it a secular Sabbath. So it's a Sabbath without spiritual implications. And, and it's not just a day off from your job where you then fill up your day with, with all the work and activity you didn't get done uh, you know, on the previous other days. It's, it's actually a full stop of our ordinary work and activity. A full stop. A.J. Swoboda pastor and, and author of one of the books we recommend out at the Element Store. If you want to see a list of all those books, go back to last week's message. We share a whole list of suggested resources, some available in the store. I've read all but one of them. Uh, but he said this, the Sabbath is not defined in terms of cessation from all activity, but cessation from the kind of activity involved in the labors of the other six days. And I underline the word cessation because that's exactly what the Sabbath is or should be. The, the English word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. It's a fun word to say. We're going to say it every week. So, so help me out. Say Shabbat. Shabbat. Shabbat literally means to stop or cease. It's a Hebrew word. 
In fact, if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, which by the way, I'm leading another trip to Israel in March of 2022. It's a ways away, but plenty of time to plan. If you want information on that, there's brochures available out at the Next Steps wall if you want to go to Israel, or you can just go to my website, jeffmanis.com, and click on the Israel link. But if you ever go to Israel, you'll be there probably over a Sabbath day. And as the Sabbath day approaches, or on the Sabbath day, you will hear, and you'll even be told by, by many of the people, uh, they'll say, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. It just means Sabbath peace. They use the word Shabbat for Sabbath. That means to stop or cease. And friends, we do need to stop because we are way too busy and distracted to truly rest. And it's not just that we are busy in our schedules. A lot of us are. But we are also experts at filling up our life with all of the other noise there is to distract us. For instance, the average American spends six hours and 42 minutes online each day with half of that on their mobile device, which I'm guilty of as well, by the way. Two hours, three minutes are spent on social media on average, unless you're 16 to 24 years old. Then it's over three hours a day, which I thought was low based on my own kids' usage of social media. More than five hours a day on average watching TV. And check this out. Shopping is now the number one leisure activity in America, usurping the place previously held by religion. Wow. That doesn't even account for just the normal things we got going on. Things like social clubs we're in, teams we are, where our kids are involved in, you know, the, the latest uh, home improvement project or the regular work and activity it requires just to keep our homes functioning. It's no wonder 60% of Americans feel too busy to enjoy life and one-third of all children always feel rushed. We don't know how to truly stop. We are busy people. Pastor and author John Ortberg said this about busyness. Busyness is not the sign of a disordered schedule. It is the sign of a disordered heart. Dang. With a capital D. And friends, I believe the Sabbath has a way of reordering our hearts. And when our hearts are reordered, our schedules will follow suit. Your schedule will follow your heart. I've seen this in my own life. I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. Since Sabrina and I really started taking the Sabbath seriously about eight months ago, in order for us to fully stop on one day a week and rest, we had to start choosing to live differently on the other six days. We had to slow down the six days in order to stop on the seventh. It's like driving a car. You can't go from full speed to stop immediately. You can, but you're going to injure somebody or yourself. No, you slow down and then you stop. But, but the best thing that I found from, from the Sabbath was not the, the rest we receive. We, we get rest from the Sabbath, but that's not the best thing. The best thing is that God began to reorder our hearts. And that's the big idea for today. It's on the screens if you want to write it down. It's this, stopping on the Sabbath is more than getting rest. It's for the reordering of our hearts. Stopping on the Sabbath is more than rest. We, we get rest and it's awesome, but it's more than that. It's also for the reordering of, of our hearts. 
So the big question we've got to ask today is this, how does stopping reorder our heart? This is the why behind the Sabbath. How does stopping reorder our our heart? Main scripture, Exodus 16, for the sake of time, we can't read all of it, so read it on your own uh, sometime. But if you don't own a Bible, you can download one for free called YouVersion on any app store. Or if you're here in person and want one, we'll just ask for one out at guest services. We'll get you one free of charge. For now, just follow along on the screens. And before we dive in, we need some background information. Here in Exodus 16, God has already rescued the people of Israel from their slavery in Egypt. He's now leading them across the, promise, across the wilderness to the promised land. And along the way in their journey, the people of God began to complain against God to Moses. They said, why did God bring us out here to die? They said to Moses, we're starving to death, is what they said. Honestly, sounds like my kids on a road trip. Or really, my kids, on any hour of any day of the week, and no matter how much food we got, there's no food. We're starving. I'm going to start calling my children the Israelites in the wilderness just to make them, yes, I'm going to do So they, they were complaining uh, about this, and God says this, Exodus 16, 4 and 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day, the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there'll be twice as much as usual. Why twice as much? Because the seventh day was a Sabbath day of rest, and there would be no going out to gather or collect food. So literally in the story, if you read it, the very next day after God said this, the people of Israel went out of their tents and covering the ground was a white flaky bread-like substance and they called it manna. And manna literally means, what is it? (laughs) They called the bread on the ground, what is it? They didn't know what it what it was. And then each morning from then on, on, from then on the, the bread was there on the ground, always providing enough for that day. They were told by God, only take as much as you need for one day. If you keep any of it overnight for the next day, it will rot and be filled with maggots. And it actually happened. You can read it in the story. They kept too much and, and it, it was uh, then ruined by, by rot and maggots. You were to literally trust God every day that he would give you what you needed for that day. Jumping to verse 22. On the sixth day, So this has happened now every day. Then on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. Why do we take twice as much? And he told them, this is what the Lord commanded. This is four chapters before the Ten Commandments. So this principle of the Sabbath was commanded by God before it was in the Ten Commandments. He said this, tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. The word holy means set apart. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what's left over for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good, without maggots or odor. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There'll be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There'll be no food on the ground that day. Said it twice, just for good measure. However, some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day. But what happened? They found no food. Then the Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands? 
and instructions. Stopping on the Sabbath. It's more than, than getting rest. You get that, but it's more than that. It's also for the reordering of our hearts. So how does stopping reorder our hearts? I'm a little concerned today because last Sunday I had three points that did not all start with the same letter. And this week I only have one point. I don't know what's happening, but I'm praying that God's in it, okay? So pray for me because I'm struggling today. But I have one point today, and that one point, don't worry, I'm still going to preach the same amount of time, so don't get too excited. But we're going to let this one point kind of guide the rest of what I, I say today, and here it is. Stopping on the Sabbath reveals our trust in God. Stopping on the Sabbath reveals our trust in God, or at the very least, refocuses our trust in God. It's a weekly way to reorder our hearts because I'm not sure if you notice, but as humans, we have a tendency to get our hearts out of order. The Sabbath help keeps them in order. Remember, God said at the beginning of our text, this was a test, a test of their trust in him. Would they obey God and trust that if they stopped on the Sabbath, there would still be enough food? Clearly, some of them did not trust him and they went out anyway or held too much when they weren't supposed to. For us though, for us, like stopping on the Sabbath now is no longer about trusting God to provide food on the ground each morning. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know of anybody who goes out into the yard in the morning with their cup of coffee looking for Wonder Bread on the ground. I don't know of anybody who does that. If you know of someone who does that, let me know where they live. I'd like to get a picture for my Instagram stories. That is not what we, we do. No, for us, stopping on the Sabbath is simply about trusting God. That even if I don't do more, get more, see more, build more, have more, accomplish more, experience more, that God alone is enough. That we rest when our hearts are reordered to trust him instead of trusting in everything we're normally involved in. Trusting that, that, that the world will go on even without my involvement. That I am not God. It's trusting that on the Sabbath, even if I don't do anything, get anything, or go anywhere, I will still have enough and I will still be enough because my worth is not based on what I have or what I do. My worth is based on who I am in God alone. The Sabbath reminds us of that. It acknowledges that. Ronald Rollheiser Theologian said this, we rest when ordinary life is enough. Well, well yeah, <clears throat> but, but my situation is different. I have X, Y, Z going on. I don't know how I could truly Sabbath with everything going on in, in my life, my situation. That's, there's just too much I have to do to Sabbath or whatever reason we give as to why our you know, situation is different and we just can't Sabbath, whatever reason that, that is. It's almost like God knew what he was knew we'd say things like that. Because later on in Exodus, he, he gives kind of a pushback to the three-year-old fight in the nap, if you will. By the way, outside of the command of no other gods before me, I'm convinced, uh, you have to prove it otherwise, I'm convinced the most repeated command in the Old Testament is the Sabbath command. Outside of no other gods before me. I think it's important. And in Exodus 34 is one of those places where he says it again, 3421, you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, you must stop working even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. 
said that to an agricultural society. Basically, what he's saying is even when your life is the most busy and most crazy and you think you can't stop on the seventh day, you still stop. To which our, our next pushback is the one I had. I, I, I was guilty of this before taking this, this seriously. But if I Sabbath, if I stop, what about all the things that don't get done? And friends, that's kind of the point. It's the point that that the world still spins even if I'm not spinning. That he's still in control, God is, even when I let go of control, that God is still God and I am still not. The Sabbath is a weekly act of trust which declares there's a God in the universe and it's not me. That I stop when my time is up, not when my tasks are done. And for us, that's 6.30 p.m. Friday, my wife and I, to 6.30 p.m. Saturday is typically the 24 hours we try to practice the Sabbath. A.J. Swoboda put it this way. Sabbath is the day that we rest in God's presence even when our to-do lists are not even close to done. We choose to enter rest even before the work is complete. Why? Sabbath is not a reward for a job well done. Sabbath is the result of a world that is oriented towards a good and generous and loving God. From last week, remember, the Sabbath is a gift rooted in creation, commanded by God for our good. It's a reminder that we are not overworked, overburdened slaves. We are free, blessed, beloved children of God. Stopping on the Sabbath is more than getting rest. It's for the reordering of our hearts. And how does it reorder our hearts? Well, it reveals and refocuses our trust in God. Robert Morris wrote one of the books we suggest as well. He said this, Observing the Sabbath is the primary way we put God first with our time. The Sabbath, we put God first with our time. For me, The Sabbath is to our time what tithing is to our money. And before you freak out, okay, there's this little small window here I'm going to talk about tithing because it ties to the Sabbath, it really does. So just hold on. I know some people freak out when they hear that word in church. The word tithe literally means tenth, 10%. And tithing is the biblical principle. It's all through Scripture from cover to cover. It's the biblical principle of giving back to God The first 10% of everything he blesses me with through my labor, the work I get paid for, I give back the first 10% to God through the local church that I'm a part of. For Sabrina and I, every time we get paid, every single time, the first 10% automatically goes back to God through this church that we love. It's a way that we worship God and a way we say, I trust you, God. You asked for it. So we're going to give it back to you and trust that you'll give us all that that we need. And this principle of the tithe is rooted in a promise from God. Malachi 3, verse 10, God says this, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That is that the, the temple, the church of God. So there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do. So it's an if-then proposition. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test, God said. Love that. 
It's the only place in all of the Bible where God says we can test him. It has to do with our tithe. And he does, by the way, fulfill this promise. I don't remember the last time in my life that I didn't tithe. It has to be way back in college or before college. And every time I've tithed, I've always had enough. Always. I may not always have what I want, but I always have what I need. And I've discovered that God can do more with 90% of the money I have than I can do with 100% all on my own. He puts his favor on it. And the same is true with the Sabbath. This is where it ties in. That when we trust God with the one day that he asks of us, not only do we receive the benefit of rest, but I believe he pours out his blessing on the other six days, enabling us to accomplish all that we need to. It's like God stretches the six days, just like I believe he stretches the dollar when we tithe. And we see this in our main scripture, Exodus 16, 9, uh, 29 and 30. They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. It's a blessing, not a burden. Listen, if you try to Sabbath and the Sabbath is a burden for you, you're not doing it right. The tithe isn't a burden either. It's a blessing. So it's a a gift, God says. That's why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so there'll be enough for two days. He stretches out the days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day, so the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. Stopping on the Sabbath is more than getting rest. It's also for the reordering of our hearts. So how does the Sabbath reorder our hearts? It reveals our trust in God, that he alone's enough. And then he blesses us with rest and blesses the other six days in order to accomplish all that needs to be done. Robert Morris put it this way. Learning to rest actually helps you fulfill your responsibilities. By giving both your body and your soul rest, you become more effective and efficient at everything you do the other six days each week. It's almost, going out on a limb here, it's almost like God knew what he was doing when he made us and then said, you need a day of rest. It's almost like he knew what he was doing. I've experienced this, by the way, that this, this stretching of, of, of the days in my own life, the fulfillment of the promise. So why is it so hard for us to stop on the Sabbath? And it is hard. It is hard to stop on the Sabbath. Like everything in life and culture goes against the idea of stopping all of our ordinary work and activity for for a full day so that we can delight in the presence and, and provision of God. So why is it so hard? I think it's hard because we believe we're missing out on something if we do it. It's like tithing. And again, this is this is not even a tithing message. It just matches together the same principle. But I and I hope, I mean, it's not a tithing message, but I do hope that, that some of the things I've said will inspire someone to actually start trusting God with their money. I do hope that, because I think there's a blessing for you in it, more than a financial blessing. But so many people, when it comes to tithing, they say, well, if I tithe, I won't have enough money. I'll, I'll miss out on something. And in the Sabbath, we say, if I Sabbath, I won't have enough time. I'm going to miss out on doing more, seeing more, getting more, having more, building more, progressing more, learning more, whatever it is. Notice the key word in everything I just said was this, more. I'm going to miss out on more. I want to go back to verse 27 for a second. 
This stood out to me big time in learning about the Sabbath. Exodus 16, 27 from our main scripture says this, some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. Here's what stood out to me. Notice, if you refuse to stop on the Sabbath, you won't be satisfied. If you try and do more, get more, see more, have more, whatever it is, you actually won't find what you're looking for. Just like the Israelites, you'll go out on the seventh day and there'll be no food. You, you, might, you might still do some things or even get some things, but it's not what you're looking for. Why? Because the food you're looking for is only found on stopping on the Sabbath and receiving it from God. As I heard one pastor say, an unsabbath life will lead to an unsatisfied life. And that was me and my wife, by the way, living unsabbathed, unsatisfied lives. And listen, please hear me. If you if you're struggling with this idea, wrestling with it, if you're struggling with the Sabbath or even refusing to observe it for whatever reason you have in your life, I'm, I am not saying that you don't love God or, or, or that you don't want to honor him or that somehow you're less than I am if you don't Sabbath the way that I do or, or anyone else. Like there, please, no, there's no judgment here. Because this, this, this is me. I'm just speaking from experience and what has done in my, in my own life. Up until this year, I was the same way. Living an unsabbath, unsatisfied life. No, this, this is not condemnation. This is an invitation to receive rest. This is not an obligation. You've got to do this. It's an opportunity for you to actually receive what God has prepared for you. Stopping on the Sabbath more than getting rest is for the reordering of our hearts. So how does stopping reorder our hearts? It just reveals my trust, refocuses my trust every week back on God that he alone is enough and what I already have in life is enough. I don't need more. Next week, we're gonna kind of get into what do we do on the Sabbath? What should we do? What's allowed? What, well, how should your Sabbath look? It's gonna be probably the most practical uh, week of all. I'm gonna let you know exactly what I do on, on my Sabbath. But to end today, I wanna be practical on the other side and talk about what I personally stop on the Sabbath. Sabbath is stopping so we can rest. So not just rest physically, but spiritually, emotionally, uh, financially, relationally, mentally. I think Sabbath's about rest for all those things. It reveals and refocuses my trust in, in God. And listen, if you're, I'm, I'm challenging everybody to add a Sabbath to your life, okay? Somehow, some way. And if you're gonna add Sabbath, you need to start with your stop list. <laughs> start with stop, okay? Start with your stop list. And remember, Sabbath is a practice. You'll get better as you go. I'm getting better at it. This list has morphed over time for me, since February even. But here is my stop list on the screen. And uh, I just wanna make note, I, I thought it was obvious so I didn't put it on here, but I just wanna clarify, I, I didn't put on the list that I, I stop from the work I get paid to do. Like this is my job, I love my job, I would do this every day if I was allowed to, but I know it's not good or healthy for me to do that. So on the list should be anything related to my job here at Element, I don't do on the Sabbath outside of a rare, rare, rare emergency that, that might happen. So here's the things that, and these are mine, okay? It may not be what your stop list, but these are my stop list. The first one is this, no schedule on the Sabbath. I let the day come to me. Literally on my Sabbath day calendar is nothing. It's amazing. 
I can wake up on Saturday morning and I don't, listen, I don't have to know what time it is all day because there's nowhere to be. I don't got to look at my phone to see what time it is. I can read the clock with the hands on it. If you're under 25, you probably can't, but I can read those clocks too. But I don't, I don't even need to look at the clock. Why? Because there ain't nothing to do. It's amazing to know that there is nothing for me to be involved in except delighting in God and what he's already given me. I'm only one thing into the list and it's already worth it. No schedule. Next thing, no working out. I like working out. I usually go on a leisurely walk on Sabbath. We'll talk about that next week and what do you do on the Sabbath, but I don't wanna exert a bunch of physical energy and then be worn out physically. Huge one, no social media. On Sabbath, I do not open social media at all. If there's one of these on the list I wish everyone would do, it's that one. Stop opening social media for just one day. It is mentally exhausting to get on there when you see all the junk that gets shared. This is just a now a normal part of my rhythm of life, but one of the things I, that I personally have done is I've turned off all notifications every day. All notifications are turned off on social media. I don't get alerts when there's a like, a comment, a share, a, a follow, a DM, nothing. The only way I know if anybody responded on social media is if I open up the app, and it is so, so, so freeing to do. Um, for me, no email, no computer, don't open my computer, no news. I just decided news just wears you out as well, and it's depressing. So I'm not going to look at the news on Sunday. Yesterday, my wife and I, we did not know that Joe Biden was declared the president until our kids told us. And it was awesome to not get sucked into all the craziness of what's happening in the world right now, just for one stinking day. So no news, no list is a personal one for me. I told you last week, I'm a list guy. I believe lists are ordained by God, that they are a blessing from him, and they will be in heaven. I'm convinced of that. But for me, lists can become work because I start thinking about the things that need to be done. And so if I get an idea on Sabbath, a sermon idea, uh, activity, if I remember, oh, I got to do that next Wednesday, I, the Lord, and this is a conviction of mine, the Lord told me, do not write it down. And the, this is what the Lord said to my heart. If it's from me, I'll remind you again later. And I don't open up my to-do list. I don't get out pen and paper because the moment I start putting down on a list, I start thinking about it and that's mental energy and, and work for me. Uh, and going, no housework, dishes, cleaning, laundry, yard work, et cetera. We don't do any of that. Uh, yeah, you should have seen our sink yesterday. It was filled to overflowing. And I told my wife, I said, I said it's, you know, you see the, all these dishes that got to be done. But I told her, I said, for us, the sign of a great Sabbath is a full sink. It means we delighted in food and enjoyment and one another all day long. And we didn't do a thing until it's over. And I actually enjoy cleaning up at the end of Sabbath because it's just a reminder of what a great day we had to do nothing except enjoy one another and enjoy God. For us, no buying or selling. Like we literally, one of our convictions for the Sabbath, this is for us, is that we are not going to spend any money as best we can to get anything. On the Sabbath, we don't go out to eat, we don't go shopping. And one of the reasons is this, the Sabbath should be a day where we just acknowledge, God, what you have already given me is enough. And shopping is the number one leisure activity in America, reason altogether just to take one day and not go 
shopping. No planning as far as like future planning, dreams, ideas, no leadership books or podcasts. Uh, that gets my brain. So I'll read other things, uh, discipleship stuff for myself, or we're reading a marriage book right now, but I don't do leadership stuff because that gets my brain going. Uh, next screen. Oh, limited TV and movies. This is not a, a, a stop list, but we limit what we intake with TV and movies on the Sabbath. Um, so I, I think it's okay to enjoy a good TV show, to enjoy a football game. I watched some football yesterday, but not all day. We limit that. And, and Sabrina and I are already very, very conservative in what we intake through our, our minds via movies, TV, what we watch or listen to. In fact, I, I, I think we could probably count on one hand the number of R-rated or mature-rated TV shows or movies we have watched in the last 10 years. And why do we make that, that decision? Because there's just nothing but junk in it anyway. It doesn't do us any good. It's not edifying or glorifying God. And especially on the Sabbath, we really, really, really try to limit our media intake to things that are uplifting, which kind of narrows the window on what you can, it's like Hallmark and the Christian channel. It's about all you can watch. I'm into Hallmark movies right now. My wife's like thrilled. It's the best thing I've ever done for her is watch Hallmark movies. Uh, lim- limited Google and fact finding. Like I, again, I'm, I'm all about like, hey, who is that in that movie? We'll just Google it. And then you're in, then you're in the Google black hole trying to figure out stuff. It just, it's letting your brain go. It's okay if you don't know who's in the movie uh, that you're watching. And then limited phone activity. I put on Do Not Disturb on the Sabbath and I, I don't do much uh, interacting on my phone at all. And you might say this, well, if you stop doing all those things, when do you get all the stuff done? And this is where it's changed the other six days of the week. That we had to reorder the rest of our week in order for our hearts to be reordered on the Sabbath. And to be, and so, to be honest, the Sabbath has actually begun to change some of my priorities. Things I used to aspire to, want to do with my ministry, my career, or even things I wanted to add to our, to our home, I just no longer have that desire. I think God's reordering my heart. Practically speaking, though, we, the things we used to do on the Sabbath, we moved to other days of the week. And then specifically, Friday is what we call preparation day for us. We have a pretty robust list of things we have to get done on Friday if we're going to stop and rest on the Sabbath day. My wife and I share that list on our reminders app on our phone. And then if it doesn't get done, we just live with it until Sabbath is over. And every week there's stuff I don't get done. And it's a good thing. Because when I don't get things done... It's a weekly reminder that God is still working even when I don't. He's the only one that never stops working. He did one day in creation and then asked us to do the same. Sabrina and I are are sharing on our personal podcast. You can find that on my website as well. All this month, we're sharing about the Sabbath and we're diving deep into things I don't have time to talk about here. So many things I wanna say, we don't have time to. Uh, so you can check out my, web, or my website, get on the podcast uh, there. I wanna challenge you to start somewhere. Start somewhere. Pick a day, pick a time, and set aside that time to, to stop. Write out your list. What are you gonna stop on the Sabbath? And the goal is not perfection, it's progress. And whatever time you dedicate to God, I promise you, he will meet you there. He'll bless you, he'll give you rest, and he will begin to reorder your heart. This has been so helpful for me in my life. I want to be a part of our church's life as well. 
And so starting next year, under the uh, agreement and approval of our leadership council, we're, we're going to take four Sundays a year, every year, to model the Sabbath for ourselves, our families, and those around us. Literally, four Sundays, we're going to stop everything. We're not going to meet here. We'll offer a Devo online, but we're going to give the Sabbath, uh, the, the building a rest. We're going to give the property a rest. We're going to give the equipment a rest, our volunteers a rest, our staff a rest for some days a year, and we'll let you know as those days approach. But this has been so helpful for me. I want us to continue it as a church. We're ending with communion today. You don't have to take communion if you don't want to. If that's the case, when I, after I pray, you're free to go. But if you want to take communion, just stay in your seat for a few seconds, let the room kind of trickle out, and then you can begin making your way forward, uh, get all the ones, one person per, per group, and uh, you know, abide by the social distancing. And if you're here today or you're watching online and you've never put your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins to receive spiritual, eternal rest, you can do that right during communion. That the bread represents the body of Christ, the juice represents his blood given for us. And you can just pray during communion, Jesus, I believe in you. That you died for me and rose from the dead, so please forgive me of all my sins. I, be the Lord of my life. I surrender to you. Come into my heart and live in me. Thank you for loving me. I'll do my best to love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. You can declare your faith in Jesus right through communion. And if you do that, make sure and let us know by texting the word one to the number on your screen, 41400. And we want to celebrate with you, give you some resources, welcome you into our family as well. If you need prayer today, stop by the purple tent all the way in the back or online. Just click the prayer button and somebody will pray for you. Father, thanks for being so gracious and good to us and generous that you give us a whole day, a whole day to rest and be renewed. And Lord, I thank you for the blessing it is in life. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. Lord, I pray that we would live in that blessing. We love you, God, and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.